you know, <clears throat> I have a whole collection of fuzzy socks because <laughs> my husband doesn't like to have the house too warm. Yeah, like yesterday the AC was on and I was like, explain this to me. This program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness Podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. And welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest today, Downton Jensen. Okay, now, Downton, you have like a Polynesian background, though. Yeah, I do. That's right. Yeah. Are you part Polynesian? Yeah, so I'm Hawaiian. Whole Hawaiian, Hawaiian. okay. Yeah, yep. So, well, and it's interesting um, because I do stand-up comedy, and my intro joke is like, I'm Polynesian but my dad is so my mom is hawaiian polynesian my dad is russian and so i always say that's that's what happens when your parents meet at byu yeah. so. brigham, yeah, brigham young university brigham you know young university yes, yes. We, we believe in diversity at brigham young university you know people from all over it'll that's be right. funny because i was talking to someone recently and they're like you know and, it, and I, so it was in Texas and they were getting upset about the, the border. Uh -huh. And I was like, yeah, I'm upset about the open border, you know, but uh -huh. I can't blame people for wanting to be here. And she's like, and she made a comment that made me very uncomfortable that I had to be like, no, I don't feel that way. I feel <laughs> like we're all children of God. You know, I do feel like we should have yeah. a regulated border. And she's like, oh, are you part Hispanic? And I was like, I get that a lot. No, I'm afraid I'm just a white person. But, you know, being raised yeah, in yeah. Uh, a faith, you know, Brigham Young University is attached to the Church of Christ Latter-day Saints. You know, we believe uh -huh. that all people are children of God. And so we celebrate differences and you get tons of, you know, what would be called interracial marriages, which I was never raised mm -hmm. to even think of it like that because sure. it's just joe and susan they love each other who cares <laughs> you know yeah so yeah. um you get a lot of uh um somebody else was really surprised at how many people spoke spanish in utah and i'm like no not really a surprise <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot right yeah that's Do you crazy speak russian? yeah that's good is your dad's nope. dad's russian nope uh <laughs> he was adopted out of russia when he was a baby oh so wow when you could when you could do yeah that you I don't think you can do that now, but you used to be able to. Okay. So <laughs> we originally met on LinkedIn, if I remember correctly. I think so. And yeah. you do a podcast and I think somebody recommended me to be on your podcast. And then it was like, we, I remember having a fantastic time on your podcast. I loved how, like what I hope to do on my podcast, we're going to actually into people story and who they are and not just like pre-submit questions right you know yes. yeah that's right yeah and then whatever it is you say before the last question they're like that's really good i have another question for you and they do right. the question you, you i'm like i've gotten yeah, to the point now right. where they ask me to submit questions i'm like no i am way more interesting than what i can think of at 11 30 at night after i've done all my other work <laughs> and filling out this form <laughs> yeah yeah that's right you know? i yeah i agree i agree the the pre-sent questions are they're always kind of funky to deal with, but yeah, it, it works though. It, 
like the way that we do it works well. I like it. So it works. Yeah. So that's the, those are my favorite kind of podcasts. And I think for people that are listening, you know, that they want to have that conversation. It's way more interesting to have it way be when it's authentic to, to yeah. in the moment. Right. Right. So exactly. um, for my listeners, so I don't sum up your podcast incorrectly. And then you embarrass me in front of everybody. But I, <laughs> I didn't sum it up correctly. Would you like to tell them what yeah. you're up to? Sure. Yeah. So my podcast is the thinking project. I mean, um, and it's where I get to meet, you know, business owners, creatives, um, and just really get their story and their, and their how to advice to hopefully the, the goal of the podcast is to introduce people to everyday, um, you know, millionaires and everyday people who are successful to, uh, encourage them to start their journey. And so that's what the main thesis of the podcast is it's, it's been very well. Uh, it's in the how-to category, which is always a really fun category to be in. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Like we had a lot of really cool guests, yourself included, and uh, learned a lot. And, <laughs> and and we have a lot of fun doing it too. I gave him like, oh, gee, me kind of look there, you know, so he <laughs> gave right. a little laugh at my body language. Um, That's right. And I do, I do love how you went deep into not just I think so often when we talk about business, people are like, well, let me tell you what my business bio is or that yeah. you really are going deep into. Let's talk about the nitty gritty. Yeah. Let's really, let's really go into the ugly side, like the real side of it. I just right. put a post up on Facebook because, um, you know, uh, basically about how, what, how I did this latest business trip, the way I did it is it has to be each expenditure of my business has to make sense on its own. Right, it can't yeah. be for the next, well, I'll sell more of the next thing, or I'll get that next speaking engagement that pays for, you know, right. each thing has to make sense on its own. Yeah. And in order to guarantee that I did that, um, I, I drove and you know, <laughs> did some sleeping in my van. And the cool thing is after all the numbers were crunched, I only, my outlay was 10% of my ROI. Oh, that's you know? cool. So, That's good though. Yeah. you know, I could have afforded yeah. some hotels, but I didn't know that because outside of the speaking engagements that were part of that trip, um, mm -hmm. I was on commission and I didn't want oh, yeah. the speaking engagements to cover because, you know, the speaking is different than the makeup side of my business. Mm -hmm. So right. I make each of them stand on their own. So the makeup's not supporting the business. And, you know, I mean, the makeup supported my speaking as it started. But now they, yeah. they, they're, they're both grown up and they can stand on their own. So I, anyway, I loved how you yeah. really got into the realness of what it's like to be an entrepreneur or to be um, at a certain financial place. So I thought that was really, really good. Cause I've been on a lot of business podcasts because they call me a boss, babe. And I'm like, don't call me a boss, babe. I'm the boss. Cause I'm the boss. <laughs> That's right. Not because I happen to be really good looking and female. <laughs> yeah that is yeah the whole boss babe thing is interesting i find it insulting personally don't don't put Do a you? qualifier on it there you know go. i've heard i've heard i've interviewed a lot of uh female entrepreneurs and women in business and and uh i i, I kind of get that from a lot of them you know yeah that, that the the boss babe thing is <clears throat> you know it's kind of just like frilly like kind of takes away from the from the actual meat and substance of what a lot of women entrepreneurs do and female entrepreneurs do. And I also feel like it puts this pressure on the woman who doesn't have a business, who is choosing to be yeah. home with her kids 
to feel like somehow she's doing something wrong. And right. when we all have our own thing and that's okay. Yeah. And everything yeah. is valuable. It's all important. And you don't have to be a certain size or a certain income or a certain number of kids or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You get to be your own. You get to be, have your own adventure in life. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and everybody's journey is different and everybody's view of success is different and everybody, you know what I mean? And, and it's all just relative and no matter what they say, like, I'm not a fan of, cause I think boss babe kind of falls under. And, and by the way, like, you know, for me, um, I've, but I've interviewed a lot of people, a lot of female entrepreneurs who, who kind of like, who like the term, who like to jump on the wagon or whatever, but because, but for me, like when I'm interviewing people and when I'm out, out and about, uh, it's about like finding out like what makes you tick and what makes you like want to get up in the morning because, uh, it really is just so different. And that's why I'm not a huge fan of like the hustle culture either. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, you know, this isn't about killing yourself, like working a hundred hours a week. If you know what I mean? Like, right. is there something that you could be doing that can meet all of your goals and afford you the life that you want? Cause here's the thing, like, and I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but here's a, here's a big thing for me is like, we're just having a conversation. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, yeah. One of the things, in, and it's on my website too, but like, I'm a math. So like accounting finance had to do a lot of statistics, but listen to it. It's statistically impossible for all of us to be the next Elon, right. Or the next Jeff Bezos or, or Warren Buffett. And I don't think that if most people got to look on the inside of that life, that they would like it that much. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think people understand, like I had a job where we flew and we were out and I was away from family a week and a half every month. And, and that's a lot. And, you know, like flying, like at first it was cool. Like the first time you're like, Oh, I'm flying for business. Like, but it loses its luster very, yeah. very quick. I think it was my and, 17th trip as a brand new speaker, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I'm like three months, like, this four months a- in that I was like, okay, I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's not as hyped up as it is. And I think that people it, and one of the reasons, you know, I like these types of podcasts in mine is because you can meet people who are living the life that you will actually want to live, who are doing things that they love. And you can realize that you're doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's you a can great that point too. that there's, um, that's so true. I always talk about when you have a mentor, make sure you want the life they have. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like one of the best, you're, don't yeah. nitpick like, Oh, I want their financial success, but do you want their relationships right. too? Do you want their family life? Yeah. Do you want their, the, how much private time they have? Like look at their whole yeah. life. And is that really the life you want? Because if you fall prey to just following their financial advice, you might realize that they're willing to abandon everything else. That's, I'm not going to say that's true with everyone. But that you're following somebody who would guide you to a path you may not want. Yeah. Or it may just not work for you. Like, like it works for some people, like uh, risk is the big deal. Like some people are like, some people can take on a a huge amount of risk and other people. Clearly I'm not, I'm willing to drive (laughs) to make sure that my ROI for that particular expenditure makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Well, and that, and that's, and, and that is the point that, I like to get across in my podcast is it doesn't, you don't have to fit into a na- certain nar- narrative or 
you right. know, this hustle culture thing where I gave up everything and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah to, to make it work. And because, because you don't like, you don't, um, some people are going to be really happy at 50 or 60,000 a year. Like my hometown, the av- like when I was growing up in the Midwest, my hometown, the average, uh, income in my hometown was like 30 or 40 K mm-hmm. and we had, I mean, it, poverty, it, you know, we, so like pretty impoverished part of the country. I remember um, thinking 40 K a year. That is so much money. Yeah. 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 I remember, just, I remember, I remember <laughs> overhearing somebody being like, yeah, yeah. they're going to get, you know, 40 K a year. And I was like, yeah. How do I do that? Like, Yeah. And so my hometown, you know, but there are a lot of, yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to downplay like where, where I grew up, like poverty certainly played, you know, reared its ugly head in a lot of ways, but we were, we were happy though. Like mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of us were, a lot of us were very happy. And, and um, that's one of the biggest reasons I'm doing a, so I do a scholarship in my hometown school. Love uh, this. Yeah. I, I, and, and it's an entrepreneur scholarship because uh, it's something that I wanted to do for a long time. The, the tipping point was uh, there was a huge factory. So Midwest, right. Factory backbone of the United States farming right, right. factory. That's like all we right. had. And, and two factories shut down in my hometown Ooh. and, and it, yeah, it was like five or 600 jobs. And in a town of 8,000 people, like that's quite a bit that's a yeah. big chunk of the economy. And it's not just those it's, jobs. It's the other, you yeah. know, the restaurants, the Everything grocery else. stores, yep. you know, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody can spend money. And so I decided to start this scholarship at the high school because when I was growing up in high school, um, we didn't really know what like an entrepreneur was. So I tell this story all the time, but it's a really funny story. Okay. Cause I grew up, I grew up entrepreneur. Like I didn't know I was an entrepreneur. We just called it hustling. So like uh-huh. I grew up like, but I would just sell stuff like sold, like one time got kicked out of school because, uh, I was, I saw the a la carte, you know, where you could buy snacks at the school. Right. And I was like, dude, I, I was like, I was like, I can buy those for cheaper and I can probably sell them for cheaper and, <laughs> and, and still make money. And so it was funny because like, so I just did that kind of stuff, sold stuff. I was, we were right next to Nauvoo, Illinois to bring up the church. Oh yeah. What town? So, what town? Th- I was, I'm from Keokuk. I, okay. I, I just yeah. know some of the town, one of my dearest friends lives not too far from there. So I thought, wouldn't that be cool if I was oh. like the same town and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, okay. there's a lot of them, but anyway, but so I like, and during the summer I would go and sell ties on the side of the street across from the temple over there. And so I just do that so kind of stuff. And I just Na- stuff. the Nauvoo is um, particular to the church Jesus Christ. Latter-day Saints. That's so funny. Cause my last yeah. couple of podcasts, it's all been people, you know, that, we're like, okay, yeah. you have to make this reference. Um, right. <laughs> but so you were selling like religious ties outside. Yeah, we, ties? Well, no, just like, just ties, just okay. ties. Like people just forget them like, because it's a big tourist spot. Yeah. Yep. So we would just sell ties and people would buy them. And, and I learned like really quick that, you know, you can make money by like buying stuff for really cheap and selling it. And I would <laughs> do that all through high school. Amazing. And so in, yeah. High, yeah, in high school, you know how they do the um, most likely two awards. Right. Yeah. So nobody knew, like nobody knows what a businessman in my hometown entrepreneur wasn't a word I ever heard growing up. Uh, sales wasn't really a word I heard growing up. Like these just didn't exist. Like you get in a the job with the factory, you work the land. Yeah, That's it. Right. And, and you stay there your entire life. And so what's funny is I won that and, um, or, you or won we, most we likely those, to be a businessman. We, we, 
no, no, no. Oh. So the most likely to award, I got one and it was most likely to be a con artist <gasps> because oh. nobody knew like what, it, cause like I would just sell like, like the story earlier was I got kicked out of school because I saw the a la carte and I was like, dude, we don't need to be paying that. So I went to Walmart and bought just a bunch of it in bulk with some of the money that I had saved up. And I but went back that, to the school and started selling it and they were like, it's selling it for cheaper and making money. Yeah. That they viewed being an entrepreneur as a con artist. As like a con artist. Well, that is and, interesting. It, it is interesting. Not very unfounded though, because like when you're dealing, when you're in those like impoverished parts of the country, like you have a lot of people who come in with big ideas who are going to do stuff and make a lot of change and do a lot of business things. And it never works out because, you know, all they see is dollar signs and they don't really understand like the economy around the, the people in the, in that part of the country. So for, for example, like we growing up, we always had people um, coming into the town because real estate was really cheap. Like the house I grew up in today, you could buy for like 60 grand. It's like a five bedroom, three bathroom house on, okay. you know, half an acre or whatever. 60 grand. Uh, and you're like, or like and you're like flooding to your town. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're like, wow, dude, that's so cheap. But then you go there and you're like, oh, I know why it's so cheap. Right. And people don't understand that. So, so towns like that get burned a lot by big people, big money, people, big business people coming in, trying to like do what's been done, like in maybe bigger cities uh, that doesn't really work in smaller cities. So the, the point yeah. of the point of my scholarship was to help people in that town learn the basics of entrepreneurship and business so that they can, they can grow that town from the inside because they know the problems, they know the realities, right, they, right. Can, they can start working on it. Yeah. That's awesome. I have a nephew who is the economic development chief of an, oh, of cool. an African tribe where he happened to live <laughs> as a missionary and then has gone back like yeah. 20 times or something crazy and lives in Ghana to this day. Um, wow. and so he is a chief of economic development. So you, t you should have him yeah. on your podcast. He's fascinating. Well, let's do it yeah. <laughs> all, all day. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the cool part. Um, and it's funny, like that I've had to learn kind of the entrepreneur because I've had to like unlearn a bunch of stuff from growing up and then relearn like almost the truth about what mm -hmm. it is to like sell and be an entrepreneur. So that's my background. Like MBA in finance, bachelor's in accounting, but I've been in sales my whole life and that's just what I do. So I had, had to cool unlearn a lot of stuff. In work. When I was a kid, that was my first yeah. foray into business. Yeah. And um, I did, I was profitable and I did have to buy the sugar and the Kool-Aid <laughs> and all of that okay. myself, which, you know, when you see the little Kool-Aid stands <laughs> and parents funded, I'm like, yeah. it's not real business. It's a kid. I <laughs> have to at least take a business loan to pay it off. Right. But um, <laughs> I sold pizzas for us. Well, there was a school fundraiser that, you know, you get to sell these pizzas and I sold the most pizzas uh -huh. and was able to earn, you know, a pogo stick or whatever. I have no idea what it is that I got. Yeah. I got some kind of award, but I remember standing in front of my peers, completely mortified because I was in front of everybody, but having this aha moment that if that hundred or so pizzas that I had sold netted me $10, uh-huh. I would have made a thousand and a thousand dollars was a million dollars. <laughs> and that is how yeah, a salesman yeah. was born was if I could talk to enough yeah. people and ask them if they want to buy things. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. better than that's crawling it. underneath a mobile home. 
with right. you know, black widows and spiders and rats, you know, yeah. just talk, just, just yak in your mouth, you know, but yeah, my, exactly. my family culture, my grandparents really looked down on sales and that I kept kind of finding myself, you know, I could go work minimum wage at the time for yeah. five fifty an hour, or I could sell security systems. Yeah. Um, it's not a real hard decision. I go <laughs> knock some doors. So some of the glamorous <laughs> jobs we just had in the background, right? And like, yeah. I just figured it out. So it sounds like we've got yeah. a, a similarity in starting small, but you're giving back in such a cool way. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm from truck stops in Provo, Utah and, um, <laughs> truck stop truckers are pretty entrepreneurial, you know, a yeah, lot of, absolutely. they, you know, it's their own office that they are running down the road. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a lot of government regulation trying to stop independent truckers, which, um, I'm against, um, because yeah. independent truckers are able to make a lot more. And of course they're going to care about their right. load, but we don't have to make us about truckers and Provo, <laughs> but nobody's really, nobody's not entrepreneurial and Provo, Utah is, uh, plenty entrepreneurial. So, right. But well, I yeah, and that's kind of why I, back to small town. Sorry. Cut you yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. You're good. That's why I went back to the small, my small town though. Like where could I make the biggest impact and impact? And it's with those uh, people at my high school. And actually what's funny is um, I wasn't like the best like student um, in high school, like cleaned up my act in college and stuff. But, but it's funny because I go back to my hometown and I see some of the teachers. Cause like, that's a part of the country where like, you know, they, I always say like the Midwest is like behind in years. Cause like in the Midwest, in my hometown, like you still find people who are working at the same job for 40, 60, 70, whatever years. Right. They mm-hmm. get the gold watch. Then they drink coffee at the small gas station until they die. Right. Like that's the reality. That's a real, that's like real people in my hometown. And so, uh, the reason I bring that up was because I went back to high school there and, um, saw like the counselors that I'm working with were, were people that knew me when I was in high school. And they were like, this is banana. Like they all wanted proof. Like I, I had to, <laughs> I had to like, I had to like, uh, open up a lot, a lot more than I thought I was going to, uh, like to open up your to, bank like, statements that I really am. A yeah. Just like, success. yeah, just like, yeah, just like, well, and just, and just like, here's actually what I've done. Here's some references and things like that because they're like, they just couldn't believe it. They, you know, it, because it just doesn't happen in those small towns. Yeah. Um, and so a big part of like my sales, you know, and what's funny is like I wrote a sales book, wrote a few sales articles for, for companies. And like the first rule of sales is, is like, don't skip the lemonade stand. And then the second rule of sales is ask. <laughs> because like, you can't, you can't, you know, I believe in like, you know, what goes around comes around. And if you skip the lemonade stand, if you can't buy lemonade from, from a kid off the side of the road, like nobody's going to buy something. Okay. You have so to be, I took that yeah. differently than what it meant. I took it meaning uh, don't skip the fundamentals of working with the yeah. public. And oh, that's it, that too. Yeah. Literally support the young entrepreneurs is what. Yes. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You have right. to, you have to, if you, if you skip, I always have cash on me in the summertime all, all the time. And it's always enough to buy however much lemonade and my kids, all my wife knows like, you just don't do it. Like right. in our house, we, we don't do it. We don't skip yeah, the lemonade. Same. I, I support them too. And then I ask yeah. them, so who bought the stuff, your mom, or are you going to pay her back? <laughs> Yeah. Right. Right. Then you, then, you know, uh, 
it, it, yeah and then you go into all that but it's actually a really good thing to teach to teach people is like you you know mm-hmm. offering a service and then maybe you add something to it and anyway it's just a really good you know you never want to dampen someone's spirits because like they have that hustle um yeah. you yeah. know and standing out on the side of the road with a sign that says please buy lemonade from me that's like pretty vulnerable right like but it's also and so you learn can be really hard work yeah. in your brain you know maybe not right. standing isn't hard but you yeah. know knocking on that door standing with the sign there's a mind game well, that happens of acceptance to rejection and being yeah. able to say i want this more than the fear of the rejection yeah. is is a key to a happy life yeah and so what's funny is okay i'm super glad that you brought that up because in my scholarship, it's not a normal. So, and this is also why I had to like, it took me a little bit to set it up because it's not a normal scholarship. Normal scholarship is, you know, you write an essay, you send a video, you do some kind of submission and then somebody picks. And I was like, I don't want to, that's stupid. That's not an entrepreneur scholarship. So my scholarship is a four week challenge. So you have to enroll in the chat, in the challenge. So we got a month. And there's four weeks and um, each week is a challenge to teach you something. And then you get points by playing the game. And then at the end, very entrepreneurial, whoever has the most points wins a boy. There's a boy scholarship and a girl scholarship. So a boy winner and a girl winner. And then, and that's it. Right. And it's very fair. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets the same stuff. Everybody gets the same things. The rules are very strict. So the first, the first challenge and, and these challenges aren't like, I didn't make these up. I actually, you know, um, just gathered them and, and thought that this was a really way to teach entrepreneurship. So, but the, but the famous video Ted talk, the rejection challenge, did you watch that? Oh TED talk? yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. It's a great yeah. video. Yeah. And so my first challenge is the rejection challenge. It's whoever gets rejected the most, you have to document it. Whoever gets rejected the most wins that week. Yeah. Gets yeah. whatever. It's okay. And, it. and you're still alive. And you're still it. breathing. Yep. And you have yeah. to get, you have, the goal is like, to get rejected. Right. right? So you want to ask things and then obviously, and then we go back and then we come back after the week goes and we go, okay, so what did we learn? Right. We got rejected this many times, uh, but we learned lessons, right? Some people, you know, give us, you you know, it's no is not the end of the world, right? Even if someone says no, they might follow it up with a why. If someone says no, they might follow it up to referral. If someone says no, you know what I mean? Like, so you learn right. these things and then, and then the second, third and fourth weeks are, are challenges like that. And, uh, and then the last day of the class is like actually kind of funny because I actually talk about how the last three challenges were actually limits. And, um, you know, people ask me sometimes they'll be like, they'll be like, if you had a thousand dollars, what would you do to make money? And I said, I would put the thousand dollars in a bank account and I would start and I would go find something to sell for somebody. Like the thousand dollars is actually a limitation at that point. Like I only have a thousand dollars. And so right, the idea right. is like, that's hard. Like, what do you do with a thousand dollars? You really can't do anything with a thousand dollars. Right. Right. Relatively. Right. right. So the better, the better mindset is screw the, th- don't give me the thousand. Just go, let me sell something. Right. And I'll make more money than a thousand dollars in one day. Right. And, and so it's the, like these the right kinds of things. answers out of the box thinking and how, yeah. Yeah. So like ourselves yeah, so in like, the box, <laughs> limiting ourselves. Right. Yeah. Right. So week, so week one's a rejection challenge. Week two is the, um, I believe it's you've played, you're, you're from Utah. I'd never heard of this, but it's a good game. The, the bigger, better. Uh, yeah. The little kids will knock on the door yeah. and 
Yeah, they'll be like, they have an like, item and they're like, bigger, yes, better. It's bigger, better than this. Yeah, the first time yeah. some kid came in, I was like, knocked on my door asking that because we, we didn't play it when I was a kid. But when we, right. I've lived in nine states and we moved back to Utah. And uh, somebody's like, do you have something bigger and better than this? I'm like, yeah, I have a whole entire house, something better than that. <laughs> like, That's right. Yeah. Are you casing the place? Like, what? Right, right. Exactly. And the goal so, is that they give you a paper clip and you give them you know, four pieces something. of paper, you know, something that's yeah, just whatever. better than the paperclip, you know? Yeah. 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 So that's, so the, yep. So, so week uh, two is the bigger, better challenge. So you have the rejection challenge is the bigger, better challenge. Then we have uh, the $5 challenge. So it's very similar, but now I'm going to give you some money. And the $5 challenge is pretty simple. It's all profit must come from the $5 and all new, uh, you know, all new income, all new revenue must come from the profit of the five dollars. So you only have five bucks. So and you're week teaching four, how to bootstrap a business. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, listen, listen. I'm, I'm, I'm a finance guy. Equity funding is probably the worst way to get money. So there's a lot of ways to fund a business. Debt, mm-hmm. equity. Debt is, debt is, debt is better. If you can, if you can stomach the, the debt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People like to go equity because. You know, if I give you 5,000 and we go in this together and we lose, well, then it was both our fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. like, well, and then they're not on the line for the 5,000. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. With and equity, then, and then but if and then, you're on the yeah. line for the 5,000, you're going to you be a go. lot more creative to figure out what exactly. do I need to do? You're going to work a lot harder to figure out yeah. what, and most, what is needed. Exactly. And most um, angel investors that I meet don't invest in pre-revenue companies. Like if you haven't put money in yourself and you haven't started selling, they're not going to give you any money anyway. So how, so what can, and, and again, the $5 is just like, it doesn't matter if I give you five, doesn't matter if I give you, if if I give you a thousand, doesn't matter if I give you a paperclip or a piece of gum, like the, that's not the point. The point is to be scrappy and like, can you figure it out? And can you say to yourself, like, Actually, Dalton is an idiot. I'm not going to take the five bucks and I'm actually going to figure out how to do it myself. Great. That's uh-huh. exactly yeah. what I need you to do. And then, and then week four, week four is do a good deed. So awesome. preferably, yes. Yeah, so preferably with the money that you earned and the revenue that you earned, you go out and you do something for somebody else. Because at the end of the day, sales, business, life, relationships, um, aren't, it can't be transactional for you. If you go into a relationship or a business idea or a venture of any kind, and your goal is some kind of transaction, I think I can make this much money or this person can do this for me. And you know what I mean? You're going to, it's going to be very short lived, very frustrating, and you lose a lot. So can you go into a situation? Can you approach the situation uh, just for the love of what you're doing and for the love of that uh, in and of itself, um, you're going to be a lot more successful uh, by yeah. every every stretch of the term, every definition of the term, you're going to be more successful. And so, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do with uh, the, and by the way, this is the first time I've told this on any podcast. So. Right here, people yeah. on Share Your Hotness <laughs> podcast, Dalton Jensen first. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I love this because you're teaching kids. Yeah. It's not about their circumstances. Right. It, that they can use right. to create success. And, you know, of course I'm thinking back, yeah. you know, to my 
own entrepreneurial story. And when mm-hmm. I figured out that I could sell, you know, so past the pizzas, you know, time <laughs> that I was good at this, I realized right. I had to sell something that I believed in because people would believe me. Confidence is a big deal. Yeah, you know, absolutely. but that I had yeah. the ability to have people believe me. And so I need to make sure that I was doing something that was ethically that I could be very proud of mm-hmm. because I could get sucked yeah. into, um, and I did, I was working for a company that um, I believed in the product, mm-hmm. but then I met the owner of the company and I could not believe in him. <laughs> and sure? yeah, and, that's a big deal. and uh, I walked out of that very, supposed to be very motivational, very exclusive meeting with the owner of the company. We were supposed to be like lit on fire and I quit. Because Mm -hmm. I realized that that individual could not lead me anywhere that I wanted to go as a person. And it wasn't too many months after that, that he ended up getting caught embezzling from his company to be maintaining the image of ultra success. And it, it wasn't a direct sales company. It was a, you know, commission sales company, which, you know, had kind of the same vibe as what a commission, uh, what a direct sales company could have. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, I have to sell things that I am really convicted about and that I need to be the final buck. You know, like you're, you're talking to me, not, you know, you know, I'm good. You know, if there's a problem, I'm going to (laughs) stand behind it, you know, and I was selling a product for him that he was the guarantor if, if there was, you know, um, a problem with the product, you know, if you needed to get that water filtration system fixed, it was on his integrity. Yeah, exactly. And because I couldn't respect his integrity, if there was something wrong with the product, my client that I said would be taken care of would not be. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. And, and so it, it teaches that like, that's the whole point I think is to um, teach kids like, that it doesn't matter where you came from because I know many people in my, you know, um, circle who had every foot forward. They had all the money that you could have asked for. They had all the talent on their team that you could have asked for. And it was a crappy idea. And they were, and also they were the best salespeople. Like I knew some really good salespeople, but it was a crappy idea. They got too complacent and then it failed. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not saying that happens every time. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, but there's something to be said about um, growing up where, where I did and where these kids grow up and then figuring out how to make it and realizing like that stuff is actually a crutch can't, well, I mean, I misspoke can be a crutch. Right. Right. Can be, can be something that holds you back and don't, and you can't wish for that kind of stuff. Like, ah, oh, man, I wish I, w- if I, if I had X amount of money, I would start this business. If I had X this, I would start this business. Like, listen, most of the successful people I know didn't have any of that anyway. Like I know a successful uh, wallet company who uh, the, the owners never knew about wallets. I know a successful, the, you know, do you know, freshly picked Susan Peterson? Have you ever heard of that brand? I They're feel like, like I baby, have, but I'm not sure baby boots like baby moccasins oh like right and she yeah. has like you buy a new moccasin like every month or quarter or something is that the one like she's yeah. on instagram yeah she's yeah she's all over she's susan peterson so she was on my podcast she didn't she was a she was a bartender mm-hmm. she didn't know anything about this she walked actually if you go back and listen to the episode she walked in on her friend at her friend's house and her friend was 
sewing things in a, one of those old school sewing machines and then right. selling it on Etsy. And in her words, you can go listen to this, but she goes, she goes, I knew, I thought in that moment, like, you're not smarter than me. I can do this. So she went home, started making stuff, started selling it on Etsy. And like she'd had, I mean, she'd had kids, but at that time, I think her kids were a little older maybe, but anyway, but she, but that's just the story, right? I have a friend who has a business that is 10 to 15 grand a month. Yeah. Selling hair bows. Yeah. It's amazing. It's fantastic. You know, and yeah, you can take anything you're passionate about, like you were saying, <laughs> yeah. and you put the right, let's go back to the thing about hustle. Let's define yeah. what that is. Cause you mentioned the hustle culture, how you don't like it, but we're also talking sure. about people who hustled. Yeah. So I just don't think there's this line. Yeah. 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 There is a line. And, and I think it's, I think it's pretty blurry. Cause yeah, you're right. Like hustle is important. You got to be able to be scrappy. You got to be able to think outside of the box. You have to be able to do things that other people aren't willing to do. Yada, 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 yada. I just don't think that it's healthy. Like you, you need to know in your heart, like why you're doing it, because it's not hustle if you love it. Right. Like right. it's not hustle. It's not this, it's not this, um, and I hate this word, but I, it's the only one that I can think of right now. It's like this toxic hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you love it and if, but, and if you well, know, I think it's, like when people to get down. wrapped up in, um, so I, I've been in a direct sales company for 21 years mm-hmm. and, um, honestly, when people, when I was in the top 10 of the company, um, mm-hmm. people, it embarrassed me to be clapped for, you know, I would receive the award graciously yeah. and, you know, I was excited that kind of thing, but I would tell myself, well, it's because anyone else in here could do that if they did the work. Right. But when the culture yeah. shifted, the last thing I wanted to be was in the top 10 because the yeah. culture became, even if it means you're stealing business from, you know, your sister in business, you know, people in the same company, yeah. even if you yeah. sign up the lady who's $30,000 in debt and you tell her that in three months, she'll be able to make that with this. If she invests 3000, you know, right. if it, you know, it became who could be the most convincing instead of who, you know, the whole culture shifted and yeah. And doesn't mean everybody who was a success was participating in that, but I was like, I don't want anyone to perceive that I am. Yeah. And so I didn't want to be recognized. I didn't want, because I wanted my personal brand to be one of unquestioning integrity. Yeah. And that's kind well, of the hustle that's... we're talking about. If you, if you're willing yeah. to do anything for money, eventually you'll sell your soul. But if yeah. you work hard consistently with good business principles and put your passion and your heart into it, you can't help but make money. Right. Exactly. I think one of the big, like, there's two things that when you were talking um, that really stood out to me that I, that I have discovered, like interviewing all these people. And the first thing with business is like, I was sorely disappointed when you you're in search for like this secret, like millions of dollars have been made from this idea that, that somebody has a secret for business. And I think people, the reason that is like a multi-million dollar industry, like uh-huh. what's the secret the to winning? Secret success tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only because... I have by this $49 or $5,000 <laughs> yeah. package. Right. 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 What you find out is there's no secret and it's very 
anticlimactic mm-hmm. because what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another person and the sad thing is they'll pay people they'll pay people a commission to enroll other mm-hmm. people when they themselves <laughs> know there's no secret because they don't want to admit that the emperor's yeah. clothes are gone <laughs> Well, yeah. And so, so for me, it's like, I was very, you know, it was, it was eye-opening when you realize like, what's the secret to business? Well, there is no secret to business. You just got to start and like, you got to go, you got to do it and you got to figure it out. And yeah. And you'll and fail. You're going to have succeed. people along the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't even, you know, I, I'm also like uh, big into philosophy. And so like some of these words that we throw around here, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a big quote guy necessarily i'm not a big like like of these corny quotes like fail is first attempt in learning like no it's not you i it's just if you keep thinking that like if you keep thinking that's the definition of fail you're gonna hate you're gonna hate it every day right and and so it's like well what is failure and i just don't think it exists right because listen i've talked to and here's why i've talked to i've interviewed I've got over 300 hours of interviews with people in the entrepreneur space. They've all had rocky starts. They've all had points where they, they didn't enjoy what they were doing. And then I ask them this question. I go, well, would you go back and do it again? And, and the answer is absolutely. And because, and it's because it's part of their story. It had to happen that way. Right. It absolutely had to happen that way for them See, to get I to like where they the- are. Mickey Rooney quote that I use in relation to my miscarriages that you always pass failure mm-hmm. on your way to success and just yeah. make it a, Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. You know, but if yeah. you don't keep per- persevering, you're never going to get to the thing. So why have yeah. it be the defining, which I think what you're saying is don't, don't worry that it's there because it's just, it's just part of it's the process. Part of the game. Yeah. It's part of it's the journey. Right. And, and, and it's like, well, and I go, and I go far. Um, and I, and I go as far as just to say that, like we put unnecessary labels on things that don't need labels. Yeah. Like I lost that deal. Like I go, what do you mean? Do you mean they signed up and then they left? He's like, no, well, I was about to close them and then they never closed. And I was like, well, then you never had a deal. Like you didn't right. lose the deal because it was never there. man. <laughs> like I lost you the guy. No, you didn't lose him. He didn't, he wasn't that into you. It's never, you know? Yeah. I mean, like yeah. losing a deal would be like signing somebody up, having them pay you money. And then maybe that I, it's just impo- like, I just don't know. I don't understand. And they didn't it. So, get funded or whatever, right, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, but even then they didn't have happened. the funding. So yeah, you but never, you never had it. Right. It's the, the all in, um, that we endow certain points of our lives with more meaning than what it is. It's just an yeah. event. It's okay. Learn from it. Oh, yeah. no. You know, instead of just being like, Oh, blaming it all on them instead of what could I have done better? <laughs> yeah. I have a, so I have my Polynesian tattoo, but I have a tattoo and part of the tattoo says was well, one of my favorite Latin phrases. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, and it's a morfati, which means, fati. which is Latin for, yeah, which is which love. is Latin for the love of faith. The love of faith. Meaning fate. 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 The love of fate. Yeah. Okay. The love of fate. Yeah. So I have a story that goes along with this. My grandpa's crazy, crazy Polynesian guy. And so he would <laughs> he would in church, I grew up in church, and he um would stand up in church every day, every Sunday, and he would welcome people. And he would the first thing he would say is he would say, you know, welcome everybody, blah, blah, blah. And then he would say, I want you to know that you are where you're supposed to be. 
And that meant at the time, like you, you know, cause you're supposed to be in church. You're, you know, church is not happening right now. You're supposed to be in church. But as I grew older uh, and I learned certain things like studied philosophy and stuff, um, that quote was actually a big deal. Like, and, and something that I live by every day, which is like in this moment right now, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Yep. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like good, bad, nothing. Like I taught a lesson in church one time and I, I don't know, I teach this lesson in and out of church, but it's like, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? And then I go, and then people start answering and I go, actually, it was a, it was actually a trick question. The question right. is the question itself. I, doesn't exist. I, I know where you're going with this and I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because it's like, it's like, no, there's no bad things. There's no good things. Right. Like, and, and, and so what do you, so people go like, ask me that question. I go, what do you mean? Because when you're in business, when, and, and so my sales process is like, I call it empathetic selling, the art of connecting. Right. And, and it's because when you, when you look at these things, like there's no, like, actually the first thing I teach in my sales course, if, when I used to teach it, I don't really teach it anymore. But anyway, when I used to teach it, the first one was you have to, you have to be able to say no. Like if you can't say no to a deal, you're not ready to be a salesperson. And people would be like, well, aren't we supposed to get hundred percent of the deals? I was like, listen, if there's a sales closer out there who's telling you that he, he has a process that will let you close hundred percent. They're trying to close you. Yeah. They're just lying to you. Yeah. But they're, they're trying to get you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Every they're, single yeah. person who's gone through my program, every Closes single one. Never misses a deal. Yeah. You're lying yeah, to me yeah. because uh, you know, and so anyway, it's this ability. It's like, Oh, all of this full circle, um, bad things, good things, labels. Like you have to be able to say, no, it's okay to go through hard times. And that's also like why the first challenge is rejection. Like I was very, like, I didn't just throw this, this course together. I was very intentional about what was first, what was second, what was third and what was fourth. And the first part is, is if you can't make it past the first week, you're not ready for this. Right. If you can't get, you know, and, and, and I have qualifiers too, for the object, you have to get at least 10 and everything above 10. Then we start counting because like, you have to be able to do this. Like what, like a team of like I, a class of 10 or 15 can't come in. The, the person who wins can't have one rejection. You got to get up to like 15, 20, something like that. Got you it. have to, you right, have to, right. Right. I can't, you can't do this. Like I, yeah, I asked my mom for $5 and she said, no, that doesn't count. You need to go <laughs> to the restaurant and you can't say that you're doing a, you can't say that you're doing like a, um, a class or anything like that. You just got to walk up and be like, I want 10% off. Can I have 10% off? <laughs> yeah. The power <laughs> of the ask for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, Absolutely. that relates to relationships too, you know, mm-hmm. that you, sometimes you might have to say no to that date or that relationship offer, you know, it's like, no, you have to be aware of what it is that that you can do and that you're capable of doing. And you're yeah. only going to find that out by, you know, testing out your limits, right? Yeah. Yeah. What Just you like, a bunch what of you notes. don't like, you know, if it's relationships, if it's, it's business, you know, for me, mm-hmm. um, data entry slows me down. So I figured <laughs> out as a very, very early in my career that it was more profitable for me to hire someone to do that part. Yeah. And, but I knew exactly yeah. what the job was. And so then I would make sure I was doing a really high ROI activity for the time that I was paying them. So even when I was only making like 25,000 a year at my business, I had a data entry person 
Um, because mm-hmm. then I would make those phone calls and that helped me get to 30, which, you know, helped me get more and more and more. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because I was making sure that the activities yeah. in my business produced a certain result. And even if yeah, I liked then- certain activities, I couldn't just do those activities if they didn't produce a result. Yeah. Well, and what's funny is like, I hope none of the kids who are going to do the scholarship listen, but the idea behind this and all of this is to get people to work together. Like there's no rule that you can't work together, but I'm not going to explicitly say that. The reason is because you got to figure it out, man. Like you have to be able to like team up with people and like, and so, but you're right though. Like, like, so what, what is the lessons of the, of this, scholarship and, and what I'm doing with like all of this. Well, first of all, it's like, you can't do it without a team. Like do, are you doing good things? Like, and whatever that means, I'm not like God, I'm not going to tell you what good is or whatever. Like you need to figure that out. Um, and then like the third thing is, is like grit. Like, can you stick with it? Even though this is the worst thing that you think would happen to you. And it, cause it feels like it, like, I hate when people go, Oh, rejection. I don't take it personally. Like, dude, I take it personally. I've been doing sales for 10, 10, 10, 11 years. And every time I get a no, it feels personal. It's what you do afterwards, right? That's the mind game, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I do. uh, You're a psychopath if you don't take it personal, man. It's okay. Right. I do booths. And, you know, and it's funny how, you know, you'll, hey, you know, trying to invite people into your booth and, somebody pointed out that it doesn't seem to bother me. And I was like, Oh, I, I would kind of like it every time I made an invitation for people to take that up, but I have to keep yeah. making the invitation. And then pretty soon I've got a line. Yeah. And then people are like, what are we standing in line for? <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. It, so yeah, it's just, but it's good though. Like, and, and anybody can do this. Like if you really want to learn entrepreneurship and you don't like, let's say you've always wanted to start this business, but you don't know how all right, do these four things. Okay. Take a week and get rejected as much as you can. As an adult, play the bigger, better challenge. Cause it's cute yeah. when a kid does it. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, here you go. That's cute. Right. He's having, they're having, fun. how about, how about you as a, as a full grown adult, go knock on someone's door and plan a bigger, better game. Do you have anything? That's weird. I love huh? it. I, no, I think but, it's but a listen. great idea. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I get it's, upgrades on airlines because I'll be like, oh, did you want to put me on that list? Yeah. Yeah. Just ask. What are they going to say? You know, is now? there is there an opening? And they'll be like, oh, you've got our yeah. status. Oh, yeah. Well, they haven't yeah. checked in yet, you know? And, yeah. um, and then I just ask. Just yeah. you never know. Do I get and the, then, so, Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Do the bigger, better challenge. And then the next week, week three, take five bucks. If you don't have five bucks, don't worry about it. Make money with five, take $5 and the challenges for a whole week. You can't do anything if it didn't come from the five bucks yep. and just see what happens. Like, and then, and then, you know what? And then week four, you've been pissed for three weeks. Go do something good. Go find Which somebody to do something good. Goes back to what we were talking about earlier that people yeah. have this. Um, I don't even know how I got here. I just like posted and uh, it's like, uh, yeah. if you got your success, you had no idea to get there. One, yeah, you are one in a million lucky and have no business yeah. signing up people to follow you. Right. Or two, you're lying and you're not willing to say what's really there. And you've got a, you've got some kind of, um, you know, something you're not willing to help mentor other people with. And you hear that yeah. in direct sales all the time. Like I just, I just yeah. did. And it just like worked out for me. And so you just got to be like, 
you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and, you know, then you find out that they had, you know, a hundred thousand followers because they're just gorgeous beforehand. Well, maybe it's because they're gorgeous and that's great. I'm happy for you, but don't go up to someone who's a normal looking individual, like my good looking self and say, all you need to do is just post on social media and you'll have success. So you've got to really look and analyze what kind of practical tools, because then if you don't know how you got there, you could not repeat it. Yeah. Which yeah, is I why think... the, the, the failures, the losses, the rejection, yeah. the bootstrapping it is so valuable because you can repeat it anytime. Yeah. And with anything like, yeah, because, because when, when things like this and, and, and this will be the last thing I say, but on it, but um, you know, when things like this happen, when you lose a job, in a recession, when you um, lose a job, not in a recession, <laughs> when you're trying to find extra ways to make money, like you're never starting over when you learn the principles from those four challenges, you always start with what you have. And like, look, it, and it's happened to me before. It, it was so funny. Like I had to put my money where my mouth was one day. Mm-hmm. I got laid off from a sales job. I thought I was doing great. And that happens by the way. You can be right. the best and they'll still chop your head off. Cause like uh-huh. no one cares. Right. I had so, a, I had a sales job that because I was a woman yeah. didn't want me to be the lead salesperson. Which is, which is crazy. Bad which is to support families. And I'm like, which is ridiculous. Whatever. Then, go, yeah. then you should have taught the men to be better. But anyway, I actually went and found either. another opportunity. And, then yeah. tried yeah. to yeah. and that's what I did. And I was like, right? nope, it's good. Cause yeah. you know, it's funny. I was, I remember talking on a podcast that before I got laid off, I was like, listen, dude, imagine like I could get laid off tomorrow. It was so crazy. <laughs> I was like, look, I could get laid off tomorrow and I'd be fine. And guess what happened? I got laid off the next day. And I was totally fine because I was a salesperson. Everybody needs salespeople. But what a gift for and, you get to see that the principles that you were teaching when the pedal hit the metal, you could do it. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And, and that's you know, just going to make you like, more confident yeah. in what you're teaching and sharing and presenting yeah. to people because you have lived yeah. it in so many different angles. Yeah. And now I will say like, I, they did give us a little severance when we left. So I had a little bit of breathing room, which definitely helped. But at the same time, it's like, I, you know, it wasn't enough to support my family for a long time. Like I had right. enough to like, I was like breathing that that was enough to help me breathe through a straw for a month. Breathe you know what I'm straw. saying? Right. But yeah. Like, no, I know what like, you're saying. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, so sure. So I don't want people to take this the wrong way. It wasn't like I was, my back was against the wall, but listen, you, I have two kids. I had a mortgage. I have a family like, right. and you lose your job on the day that like we're in a recession, we're going, you know what I mean? It's, it's scary. And so all I'm saying is like, um, you can do it. And it's, doesn't mean it's not terrifying as hell. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have anxiety. doesn't mean it's not going to be hard as hell, but it can happen though. But right. It, but it can happen if, if your head's, I on think right. you yeah, said something really profound doesn't mean it's not going to be hard doesn't mean you're not going to have anxiety and i think so often we let our emotions shut us down yeah when emotions change all the time yeah well you know what's funny i learned this um but you know what you know the only thing so your body like emotions are a body thing right right um and a a mind thing but they affect your body but do you want to know something funny though and this is why like it's all kooky but this is i learned this the only thing that changes when your emotions change, there's one thing that changes and, and it's your breath. So that's why breathing is so important. So like the only thing that changes when, so I teach my daughter and my son breathing, like they just got through a breath work class and we do it all the time, but awesome. um, 
but it's because the only thing that changes when you're mad is your breath. And so if you can slow it down and control, the only thing that changes when you're anxious is your breath, like physically, wow. like, you start that breathing. Is, like that's I how I, that. that's how, right. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm not saying like, there's other stuff. Nobody takes well, and then, crazy, like, you know, right? <laughs> Yahweh is the, you know, the, the, the name of the Jewish God is, you know, uh-huh. another name for Jehovah or Christ or whatever your yeah. religious beliefs are, whatever you, you want to call, call that. It, yeah. But that Yahweh literally they say is the, the, the sound of breath. Yeah. Yeah. And because like, so that's the big piece. it's to be in every breath is basically into every thought and to every motion that if you give that to God, you know, you'll have to be, you know, have greater joy and peace. Right. Yeah, and like, so like one that's time cool I, that yeah. if you're angry and you breathe peace into that, if you're happy and you, right. Like, yeah, you can breathe through it. I breathe through Like I have gnarly panic attacks. Like it feels like I'm having a heart attack. Um, and the only thing that helps and the only thing that changes, like I realize, I know I'm having a panic attack, not because like other things are hurting, but because I know, but my breath is like stopping. So you breathe through it. Right. And, and, yeah. and it does, and it takes me like 15, 20, 30 minutes to breathe through a panic. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying like, no, oh, I love that you're sharing breaths. this you know because that's, yeah that's the problem with the boss babe and the hustle culture is they're never yeah. projecting the ugly and hard side of it and without yeah. and then people fail because they think they quit i should say yeah, because yeah. they have there's something ugly happened and they think there's something <laughs> yeah. wrong because they think it's supposed to be just yeah. this perfect little path that happens and that's not true mm-hmm. not right. everybody always says yes not every deal always works and there's nothing yeah. wrong with you that you're in the heart <laughs> it's just yeah it's just part of your story it, it has to be part of your story it's part of your Absolutely. story and that's fine and so Dalton, yeah, you, cool, are, I appreciate it. you are so awesome thank you for being <laughs> on and sharing your hotness i know we could have thank gone you. in so many different directions but thank yeah. you for having this conversation about what it takes to be an entrepreneur i love it yeah and thank i hope you. that my listeners go and check out your podcast as well especially those of you who want to get into the entrepreneurial space and follow yeah. Dom. shares a lot of great content. And I'm glad that we bumped into each other. And I don't think we've even met in person yet, but we've had I, I so many great so. conversations. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Lita. This was a great conversation, a great podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Dalton. And the only audience who can't listen is for people from Dalton's hometown. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Thank you for being on this episode of Share Your Hotness. The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.